Hello, everybody. It's Friday night and it is weekender time once more. And on this week's show, I'm joined by Justin, Shane, Ben to take you through a week's worth of hobby news that's caught our eye over the last seven days. On top of that, we also have a prize from store.ontabletop.com, the Warhammer Age of Sigmar Warcry Nightmare Quest. If you want to be in with a chance to win, you need to pop a comment below, be a subscriber to the channel, and if you can do the sherry stuff as well, that would be terrific. Otherwise, sit back, relax, crack open a beer. Your weekend starts here. Hello, everybody. Enjoying your Friday night? I am, because I've got Ambush from Kings of Waterfield. Mm. All right. I thought you were going to go, I am, because I'm a big bottle of Lefroy. No, no. I'm trying to cut down. I'm, trying, I'm slimming. <laughs> got to drop that alcohol yep. weight. Yep. Really, really got to drop that alcohol weight. I'll get my beach body ready. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> like I've ever been on a beach. Uh, Jerry, you need to increase the intake. You need the combat ready. Yeah, I was going to say summer, summer, summer event ready. Is I've, the way I've got go. factor yeah. 50 on me and I'm inside a room and I'm still burning. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right for the Irish. Mm. Yeah. But uh, we have a whole host of stuff to get stuck into this week. Oh, boy. Uh, a big galvy bucket load of stuff before we uh, pack up all the studio and then sod off to UKG in two weeks. Oh, I've already started. Oh, God, I'm, I'm impressed. There's there's still stuff behind you on the walls there. I'm stripping tech, not stuff. Oh, uh, I, I'm very selective. Selective <laughs> stripping. Best <kind> of <laughs> no, <laughs> nobody needs that. What a good way to start the episode. Yeah. So <laughs> we're going to kick things off as always with the most important part of the show, definitely. Yeah, and it is of course the indie of the week. Oh yeah, and this week. This week I've gone full on indie. Uh, it's it's not a company. It is just an independent group of like minded individuals, mm. a collective, if you will. I'll preface this with: whenever you get multiple war gamers together trying to discuss what they're going to do on any given occasion, it's like herding cats. <laughs> and, and in many respects, this indie is the like the genesis of that. Because yeah. many months ago, the ETC. Um, which was the, the European team competition or championship. Uh, they got together. The old world had just been nuked. So the choices were continue with the old world at eighth edition, ad infinitum. That's just how it's going to be. We'll move to something like Kings of War that was just in second edition and uh, going great guns. And so they went ninth age. Yeah. We'll none, start of our own. <laughs> none of this. None of this. We're going to start our own world with blackjack and hookers. <laughs> forget the blackjack and over the past uh few years now i say few years must be like 2016 or 2017 it's been going for a while, a while yeah went away yeah. um they've gone oh. through alpha iterations and beta iterations and they're now on a second edition and mm. they've added a whole slew of things i uh, did a good dose of videos on this a while back Long yeah, while back. I think we sat down with the designers, didn't we? Or some of the team yeah. members behind it, yeah. Worth sure. going for a look back in the, the archives. Long, yeah. long time ago. Um, 
if you come to the Ninth Age and you know nothing about the Ninth Age, long story short, it is a rank and file fantasy war game. Um, if you can play it in something like Warhammer or Kings of War or Hordes of the Things, whatever, you'll find something similar that will work in here. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of interesting things that they've done subsequently, though, you can see here on the little landing page, is they have what they call the essence of war. And this is a, a sort of a introductory level game, similar oh, okay. to Kings of War right. Ambush, um, where you are limited to a character, singular, and then three um, units, and it's fixed. So if you want to play orcs, then you have these specific three. Now there is like a list building part into it, um, where you can you can play around with it, and some of the um, the rules are slightly different from the full Ninth Age fantasy battle game, but it gives you a really good idea of how the uh, the game actually plays out. Mm-hmm. Um, you can see here, you can download things like the the book itself. The flux cards are like their magic deck. Um, yeah, my favorite thing on this is the papercraft patrols. So you yeah. don't even have to buy miniatures to give it a go. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. You can just dive right into it. Um, where are we? Oh. There's a download button in the top right if that's what you're looking for. I'm desperately looking for it, but I can't see anything. Right there, Jerry. It's right there, Jerry. Jerry. It's blue. Jerry, come on. Oh, there's there. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) It's not my fault. Everything's so small and far away for you kids. (laughs) So, uh, Essence of War, I'm going to do it this way. Uh, I will start off by saying that whenever you get into any of these, this one's relatively small. Mm-hmm. as far as production team and artists go but the the full um ninth age is absolutely jam-packed because it is a voluntary um project yeah. that you know everything is is given freely by people time effort uh, and inclination is all there so if you want to play through this gives you as you can see it's still a 98 page i think rule book which is uh, <laughs> and this this is the, the small version so it still goes through your Crikey. um there's the their world for the ninth mm-hmm. age itself uh it goes through who the the various factions are so if you don't know who you want to be playing whether it's the usklanders or the beast herds or uh whatever it happens to be you can find a brief sort of blurb about them in here and then it gets into the the full-on uh rules themselves yeah so it's an interesting way of doing it. That is the stat line. The stat line is diverged massively from it. Didn't mm, yeah. I say this Warhammer. Yeah, it's, it's not the, the, the classic nine. Yeah, not the classic weapon skill, ballistic skill that we're not normally yeah. used to seeing. Um, really, so. They they parted ways with the initial iterations of of trying to you know come up with their their own Warhammer esque. Oh, is, uh, it, is the strength toughness chart still in here, or is it gone? No, no, it's gone because that's copyrightable. Um, but the, because of that, they've come up with some interesting things. So um, you would have at Warhammer, you have a weapon skill, and you would compare it to your opponent's weapon skill. Whereas now mm-hmm. you have a defensive and offensive skill, right. which means that a miniature is no longer as good at attacking as it is at defending. It means you can have more variables more iterations in there you can have that's something cool. that's very aggressive and very poor defensively yeah. or vice versa so 
Yeah. So your berserkers like, feel berserky. Yeah. So changes over time without it just being solely down to how tough or how much armor they have and go, well, they've mm -hmm. got five attacks and no armor. That's a berserker. Well, now you can go, their defensive skill is terrible. Um, uh, but they're they're very aggressive, so that you know that becomes it. They also their advance in march. Um, you're not just doubling your advance uh, to get your march rate. Most times you are, but some things may have you know identical, so they can't march essentially, or they may have a, a, a slightly varied one. Right. See, so again, that, that works for me really yeah. well narratively because if you're a guy rocking around in tons of armor, you know, no, you you don't run today, son. You're you're too heavy. You don't run. <laughs> yeah. Unless you're a dwarf, um, so <laughs> not so sprinters. There, the uh, the strength against resilience uh, is mm. just a that's the table now as opposed to the old reference table. So you just right. you just minus one from the other to see what you need to hit and so on and so forth. Looks anyway, more in line with the way that they changed Warhammer and Forty K in Age of Sigmar and stuff. Could be. So, Stop yeah. looking at their rule books when they kill the old world. <laughs> yeah. We all go our own directions, just like all these people. <laughs> just like all these people. So anyway, if you're in, looks really, really simple. Interested mm -hmm. in getting into it? Um, this is a good way of doing it because you just need a small amount of figures, units, or big yeah. wooden bases. The other thing is, there's no reforming in this. There is in the main game, so you can you know, you can drop from two ranks to four or you know whatever you want. This it's just footprint, kind of like. Um, Although I you've like got that, figure yeah. removal, yeah, but it, it, it's very fixed to make learning the game mechanics uh, very mm, easy, a little easier. Which is, yeah. you know, yeah. I saw good. that they were. I saw that they covered basically a, a, every one of the armies that would that you 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 we we saw yeah, in that law. But anyway, see so there's all the lists, the breakdown of lists, and everything as well yeah. in there. Which is kind well, of cool, so. oh, sorry, Jerry. No, you were about to say something. I was just going to. Uh, well, it's it's a question I have. So let's say we've got four people here, right? Mm. Mm -hmm. Which of the the fantasy factions would each of us consider if we were thinking of diving into this? Anything except dry on dead. They are the worst. Right there, <laughs> that one on the left. Uh, Personally, I think I'd be going for dry on dead. Actually, just <laughs> the worst, absolute worst person. I mean, for me, I would go for the sippy undead, so vampirish. Oh, vampires! That's cool. That's cool. Well, it's, it's yeah. the closest I ever came to playing in the old world. My right. mates over in England had actually made me a vampire accounts list. Uh, what was it called? The Von Karstein Family Mafia? Von Karstein. Wow. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> One zombie. Uh, uh, uh. I think I'd take the opportunity to make an entirely uh, new dwarven army. Dwarven army. So I'd, yeah. I'd get uh -huh. a bunch of, I'd get, I'd get the avatars of war dwarves and I'd use those mm. to make the basis of my force. I think that'd be really cool. Yeah. So I'd have to go for rats. Rats, oh, you would go down Skaveny? Oh, okay. Yeah. I love my Skaven boys. Uh, I just I remember seeing people with a screaming bell removing half their army because they've screwed up the roll. <laughs> Omelette and eggs. Yeah. Anyway. So is, is, this, is this the layout? Is this basically what you need to collect in order to play, say, the yeah. Kingdoms see, of Equitane? You, you just get those things. You right. would guess a single character, in this case a damsel, 10 archers, 8 sergeants, and 2 Pegasus knights. And that's it. Yeah. And that's it. Oh, and there then is some advanced rules, rules on the other side, yeah. where you can list build within this version of the game mm -hmm. further on. Mm. Um, but otherwise, it's it's very set, very standardized, uh, and probably a great way of introducing people oh, with a, I really a relatively like low model count, but you know, yeah. Yeah. Uh, a few different armies in there. So we shall leave the uh, essence of war behind <laughs> and, and plow on then into Ninth Age proper. So we've moved from the Eau de Toilette to the Perfume. Yeah. So, yeah. so you you may say that I wouldn't say that, but you, you may say that. 
so we have here the big download page so you can see there is uh, some of the older versions are still kicking around as well uh, you've got your rule book you have a older style list here you've got um, slimline versions with a lot of the nonsense in it for people who want to print out mm. uh, and bring their, their book with them um, right yeah the, so all of it, the background bits yeah Mm -hmm. um, which is, you know, it's all good. And you can see there a whole host of things. Orc and Goblins got their new version uh, last week. Which oh, nice. Should be so this. they're still iterating on things, which is Oh, God, cool. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, they're, yeah. They're constantly constantly in an update and improving and rebalancing. Because as soon as they rebalance Orcs and Goblins and bring it up to speed, then it'll turn out that some other faction is now ridiculous against Orcs and Goblins because of something. Well, th this is always the truth of every war game. You can yeah. playtest as much as you want until you release it, and then that's when the real playtest begins because you can guarantee someone out there is going to be... Uh, this is a, a term we haven't used in a long time, but they're going to go cheese hunting. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. it's the way of it. You can mm -hmm. see here uh, the army books themselves without all the additional fluff and background and stuff. They're only 24-page lists. Yeah. Um, army organization is very simple. Uh, it's, it's very close to the old school it is yeah. Warhammer, where you must take 25 percent core choices and mm -hmm. no limit to specials and 40 percent characters that's interesting you know because mm -hmm. it means you can go completely ham on giants and i'm not saying i used to do that with old warhammer <laughs> and goblins <laughs> but they were 205 Thump points for giant and they yeah. were oh. core choices for for yeah. goblins back in the day well orcs and goblins i suppose technically because they were the same it looks from the uh from the the points cost that we've seen here for for some of the heroes and things, that it works to around the same kind of size of armies that you'd expect from kind of Warhammer fantasy anyway. So you get, you're looking at like a two k armies, three k armies, something you're, like that. You're looking yeah. at a similar model count, yeah. You may yeah. find that the points values are substantially higher. If I find uh, some of our little fellas, um, it gives you a better indication because a there we go, rabble. Rubble, rubble. So Goblin uh, was two points mm -hmm. with Spear. Because uh, they used to be like half a point for Spear, two and a half points. Anyway, so four points. So they're, they're you know, mm. not quite double-ish, but kind of like that. So you may yeah. find that your games are, are, are banged at sort of three to 4,000 points rather than yeah. two to two and a half. Yeah, um, but the, yeah, the figure although, count on the tabletop is going to be the same. Yeah, well, if you're looking at Feral Orc Marauders, you're starting out at what ten guys, and then going up to what up to twenty five. Up to twenty five, if you yeah. want to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it has to be, like, sizes and stuff in there as well. Having caps on yeah. units as well is handy. Um, not every yeah. unit has it, but I'm not saying anybody here ever fielded 100 Night Goblins in one unit with the front rank made entirely of um, heroes. <laughs> A Death Star. <laughs> it, it was very much that. that. That was always the the way of it. Was you always had the big centerpiece units that were just there to hammer the hell out of your opponent. Yeah. Was it packed full of fanatics as well, Jerry? Yeah, it may have been packed full of fanatics with yeah. cap mushrooms. Always strike first. Uh, uh, Banner and uh, Ruby Chalice, so minus yeah. two to hit them. Like, I, you're not coming near me. Just just I, go away. I do and like then, the idea. And then of my this. giants just stamp on you because I brought you. <laughs> And one of the great things about this, because this is essentially a miniatures agnostic game, you just have to have your basing done right. Yeah, yeah. There are so many ranges out there now that you can go to. 
Mm-hmm. Well, have we look at the at some of the ranges in a minute because uh, mm. there are uh, various companies, three D printing people, and, and all sorts who are, if not sponsors, then I'm trying to think friends of good proponents. They, of they it, yeah. brand their stuff. So Avatars yeah. of War is one. Um, mm-hmm. You'll see the the Ninth Age seal stuck on things. Here you can mm-hmm. see the the main rulebook and uh, the people in charge of said things and the production mm-hmm. team. So it really is a fan and a community driven project. And without the people working on it and supporting it, you wouldn't have mm-hmm. all of this. You wouldn't have the the stories, the artwork, um, the layout and design, everything else. Because you know there's there's nobody chucking money at this in the background. To, promote it alongside a range yeah. of things mm-hmm. um you see there it talks about scale and general principles and there's mm-hmm. some really interesting bits and pieces in it um do they have I a disco match works do they have a, a disco i probably not i don't know Maybe. i was just curious I, just I, for... I know they've got a blog and a forum these days mm-hmm. probably everybody does who knows <laughs> okay just just in case people want it to actually get involved if they have a discord well if, if you want to get involved there's the forum the forums yeah it's it's you know well there was somebody Old school. An hour ago. Uh, it means it doesn't disappear that way. Where am I? Lost myself. <laughs> Sorry, distraction. I, I really like the, the last time that I looked at the Ninth Age, I think it was maybe a year or so after they'd basically mm. burned the the old world to the ground. It was very and black I, and white and text heavy. It yes. reminded me of the old rule sets I used to get in the. It was very 1.1C, section 5.2, yeah. this kind of thing. Whereas here they've definitely. As you can see, put in the effort to make it look gorgeous as well yeah. as being um, in depth as well. So, yeah. They've allowed round bases in. <laughs> oh, oh, you, you know how you can work out easily which ones can fight back against that? By putting it on a square. <laughs> <laughs> so instead of imagining the line, just make it square just, and just have, have, it. Line, have the line. Have the line. Don't imagine have the line. line there. Um, have the line done imagine like got it so this is uh 228 pages of loveliness i won't go through it all uh there's some interesting bits and pieces in here though that i do want to draw people's attention to um beyond the the sort of the standard things you would expect to see like magic and army lists and ba 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 um they have in the quick reference sections towards the end there's some really nice artwork throughout this as well um they have Statistical probabilities. Oh, right. Okay. So, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm going to jump to it. So people may have heard the term math hammer where somebody goes, I'm not sure if, you know, I'm not sure if I'm going to make that charge or I'm not sure if my unit will actually do any damage when I attack that unit. Yeah. You know, will I ride it? Because I need to ride it in one turn or I'm going to get flanked by everything and the world will go away. And some people are really good at doing those calculations in their head and other people can't. Mm-hmm. So they have here for various things. So for example, we have our charges. A two, so charges are randomized with 2d6, but then there's a couple of different things like swift stride, give you additional dice and re-rolls and re-roll and swift stride. So you can see there, you know, is that eight inch charge going to be something that you could pull off? Well, yeah, you have a two and three chance of doing it. That's cool. Uh, with charge and yeah. a re-roll. But they also do it for the likes of combats as well. Um, so you can see down here, you know, Will I stand? Will that unit break? Mm. You know, huh. depending on the various things that are coming in, your chances to cast a spell successfully, completely unnecessary for gameplay. But if you're looking to learn a bit more about the mechanics and work yeah. out how your army performs and how it should perform, mm-hmm. 
that's really nice to have those sitting and you go, well, will I get that spell off with 3D6 or do I need to go to five and, you know, things like that, which is interesting in itself of itself because the, um, the casting, the magic phase, uh, you have a, like a spell deck that mm -hmm. your opponent draws from. And then that tells you how many dice you and your opponent will have. And then you can channel and do other stuff as well. But then once that card's been drawn, it gets discarded. So you're, you're, you have eight cards. You play a six turn game and that decreases over time. Ah, However, okay. if you ever roll a triple, you roll on the miscast table. And if you roll a triple with three dice, you minus one off the, the effect. So if you roll yeah. three ones, it would actually, on three dice, you would actually go to zero. So no effect. So it's okay. But if you rolled five dice or more, then you add plus one. So you can go up to seven, 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 and your caster is removed as casualty. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Just explodes. So, oh, so, <laughs> so knowing probabilities are handy because sometimes you don't need to roll those extra two dice and force yourself closer to exploding yeah. the wizard's face. Mm. If you go, well, chances are I will actually succeed on three. So, you Brilliant. know, it's a nice little quality of life thing to have. Not, yeah, not necessarily. Yeah, um, obviously, cover in large creatures and things like that as well are, are quite good. So so that's the the main rules. Like I say, some lovely artwork in there mm -hmm. as well from a whole range of people. There's obviously the best, yellow and black, mm. like Everland used to be, sun and style. God bless them. See, I kind of want to do a little shopping basket to see just what it would take to get the basic army up and running for this. From the essence of war thing, you may yeah. know. Yeah, yeah. That'd be really cool. Yeah, just actually. just yeah. to get an idea of, you know, what is your buy-in? Mm. Mm. There are on the download page, by the way, after all of your bits and bobs and your additional background and lore, um, there's a whole section on the art on the background, mm. the world itself. Oh, cool. And then they used to do the ninth scroll, which were sort of periodicals. They haven't done one in a couple of years now, but there's some interesting bits and pieces in there, but some will be for older iterations or editions of books. Mm. Uh, but other pieces are still fine. And then you can see there, it's now been translated into French, German, Italian, Polish, Spanish, Chinese. Again, as well. Sundancer will be happy. So I think the Orkin <laughs> Goblin book that came out last Again, week. he reads Chinese. Came out in all of the languages, all seven languages on the same time, which is which is a good way to grow the, yeah, the fan yeah, base as definitely. well. Mm -hmm. um, but you can also see that there are army builder files for the major army builders. Nice. Uh, Battle Scribe. And they also have their own living in here. Um, he said, where are we? Uh, I'm going to go for that. Uh, and then we can go all armies. Okay. Are they backgrounds? Oh, they might be backgrounds. I'll just do it from here. He said his inability to navigate the internet is terrible. Um, <laughs> create an army. So you can come in here, create one, set your max points value, send it as a private one. Uh, oh, look, all sorts of autofills. Cool. Tabletop main stage. That must have been for UKG. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so you just go in, select a unit, whatever it happens to be. Let's go beast. You can give them a name if you want to give them a name and add him to your, your party. And then once he's added, you can start going in and tinkering. So you can give him specific upgrades oh, or nice. whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, and the points will adjust. We make him your general because we want that. Give him the hunting call and so on and so forth. 
Mount options, he I assume it would be handy to have his entry open just to know what all that is. Or do they have anything on here that sort of dovetails in and shows you the rules? Those. There you go. You can see his rules there. Yeah. Okay, cool. Mm. And then if you click on them, it'll take you through to the... Perfect. Sorry. Yeah, yeah that, that's what I was curious about. Because yeah. again, those are quality of life things in an army builder that you really, really want. Yeah. 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 Um, what did I just buy? Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> another, another nice thing you can do with the army builder itself is um, go in and have a nosy at other people's armies as well. So that says there. So I'm going to ignore what that says. Search an army list? Is that That's the one I'm after. Yeah. And then we can just go in and we'll go search an army and we'll go search for, mm, could be anyone, could be anyone. Let's have a look at Dwarven Holds. Set your points, set your version, search. And then here's other people's armies. Mm. Any particularly want to see? Uh, Possibly a dwarf at... one. <laughs> let's look at uh, let's go, one or something. I don't know. Uh, try Thorgrim. Oh, there you go. Thorgrim's. Yeah. Where's that one? Down the bottom. Oh, uh, look how far down it is. I'm going to go for Making you work, Thorgrim. Jerry. Making you work. Not the, not the in between Thorgrim, <laughs> which would be better, I imagine. It would have been great. <laughs> so you can see what other people are buying and the points cost they're playing at and that kind of thing, which is nice. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, yeah. Interesting thing about um, Mount and the like. So in Wamster, if you got somebody and you put them on a horse, them and their horse had stat lines. If you got somebody and put them on a, a beast, them and their beast had stat lines. And if you were heading them, you'd be randomizing between them. Yeah. Uh, and this, there's sort of a delineation. When it's small, you mostly will be working off the stats of your your rider right and then you know the movement from the cavalry mount and maybe armor improvements very old school warhammer but when you get bigger things like dragons and stuff like that once it hits a certain point you then will be just using the dragon stat line ah, um, okay. within maybe the character's leadership or in this case it's called discipline instead um so you get the sense that actually putting one on the back is is you know, people aren't going to be randomizing and, you know, heading the tiny man hiding behind the neck occasionally. It was ju <laughs> it's just a case of you've just got one stat line to aim for. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which speeds things up a bit. That's you good. See, he's a yeah. fan of dragon seekers and runesmiths. <laughs> Rake of Greybeards and clan warriors. So it means you can go in, because this is obviously a very tournament-centric community to begin with, although they are looking to expand more and more beyond that, because where's the that's the driving force they won't survive without getting more people in and mm -hmm. playing the ninth age. So it can't all be about tournament gaming, but it means yeah. you can go in and you can find some really shit hot lists. <laughs> um, you just can. I mean, you just things you wouldn't think about doing and then you go, but the interesting thing about net built lists is actually executing the plan. Because yeah, sometimes you still have this is very specific it. to yeah. somebody's play style or what, or they have their very detailed idea of how they're going to deploy and what way things are going to be used. And you can go, well, they've won five tournaments in a row. And then you just get it and push it all forward and get millered. And you go, oh, I've made a terrible mistake here. Um, but it, it's like popping bed into an F1 car and go, you know, do a lap. Yeah. Floor it, big lad. Floor it. <laughs> uh, so. Had he crashed. You've got your army builder and the like as well. And <clears> like I say, there is all of the background and, and world that they've built up around this from the, the map itself to mm. the various 
background and art for each of them as well. Um, you all have a quick look here. Like I say, there is a blog and there's a forum. The blog gets updated every so often. And it can be things like, you know, we've got the new Orc and Goblin Army book out, or it can be like a word from um, our sponsors, so to speak, where uh, some online retailers or um, 3D sculptors who support the Ninth Age may have like uh, money off and things. So I know they did that with uh, the Orton Goblin book launching. There were several uh, small creators um, had sort of special deals running for people who wanted to, to grab sort of 3D That's prints cool. and stuff like that as well. So the blogs can be a whole host of different things from background, lore, story, uh, upcoming events, whatever it happens to be. And the forum is, as forums are, uh, filled with a whole host of things from anybody looking for list building advice to uh, rules queries and, and things like that. Um, if we go to miniatures, mm -hmm. uh, this is good because it gives you an idea of, you know, both the, the lists that are out there, um, 3D sculptors, their licensed sellers, uh, companies who, you know, are involved. So if you go, well, what were you talking about playing, Justin? Uh, vampire Counts. Vampire Counts. So Undying Dynasty, that sounds a bit dry on Deddy. Vampire uh, Covenant underneath it. There you go. Can you? Vampire yeah. Covenant. Thank you. Mm -hmm. So you can go there and go, well, here's here's a list of suggested companies who make miniatures that will fit the style of this mm -hmm. list. Um, so you can go in and start saying, well, you know, there's some zombie types and dry on dead and uh, wolf riding uh, whites, apparently. Mm-hmm filthy uh so as far as the miniature side go there, there's a, a whole list of people that you can go to through that page then and, and just to see what you can you can find and it's a very good resource for people who just want to find fantasy miniatures as well you're going well mm -hmm. i fancy doing a ratman army Scream yeah. Shea. so he would go off and find his tiny rat i then go oh i've never heard of these before Oh, those uh, are cool. They, you know, they look great for plague mm. monks or whatever the plagueish equivalent in the vermin list is. Um, I don't need them. I have 120 plague monks and they're still not assembled. Mm. But <laughs> other other non-me people may want to use this as a valuable resource for finding yeah. fantasy armies. No dry on dead, though. I don't do that. There are times when I think Jerry's just a dragon that's polymorphed into human form. Yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, it's all about... It's all about Warhammer Fantasy for me. This side of this room you can't see is just Warhammer Fantasy up the bazoo, except trying to <laughs> um, So I think I think the thing is it's kind of important to think about there is is you were saying something earlier like you, they need new blood in yes, to mm. keep the game going on both the creative side of things and also just from the general playing mm. side. Mm. And as, there's loads of companies out there that do support it. So if there are if you are someone who you know used to play Warhammer Fantasy or you're excited about what's happening with the old world and what's coming down the line, it's not like something where you have to wait for that. If you've got the yeah. idea to make armies like that, try the Ninth Age. It's all there free. So just go and download it and, and have a play around with it and see what mm. you think. So, I mean, yeah. I, I'm not going to lie. I, I am tempted to do a little patrol of vampires. Yeah. Because yeah. it's, it's not something I've ever painted before. It could be a lot of fun. Mm. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's definitely the way to go. Um, I mean, they have on the main sort of page... Uh, they have their sort of mission statement, um, which is put together by the founders about the game itself, where it came from, growing the setting, you know, maintaining their current play. So they're they're sort of their ideas behind it, 
um, the idea to attract new players in so they don't just want to be where the 40, 50 year old ex Warhammer players um, <laughs> and, and their friends, yeah. you know, they wanted to be a, a, a thing of its own, standing on its own two feet. And there's some, uh, some really interesting additions and, and iterations within it and the, the rule set as well. Might not be for everyone, um, but yeah. since it's all free, it's all sitting there. Mm, yeah. Why not? Go I definitely, I definitely think as just as Justin was saying, going for that essence of war, essence vibe, of war is, uh, probably trying that out, it, yeah. seeing whether or not you like the flavor of what they're doing, and then you know if you don't like the game, well, you've just bought yourself a little tiny tiny army that you could use in Kings of War or another game. <laughs> well, I mean, grab grab their print and play two D models or yeah. one page rules and get their print and play two D um, craft stuff. My thinking is, I might dig into this. Build a little army list, and when I'm at Expo this year, that'll be my Expo challenge is to actually find those miniatures that I would need for this. I think that could be an interesting one for folks to give a go if you want yeah, to join definitely. me. Yeah, yeah, cool. Mm-hmm. Fancy, very fancy. So there we go. Uh, the ninth age. Get it before there's a tenth age. Beat the rush. <laughs> Who needs? Beat the rush. Who needs the old world, man? <laughs> yeah. Right. We shall take a quick swish, and when we come back, we'll be taking a look at the news. Coming to you from the center of Northwestern Europe. Covering board games, war games, card games, and all that sh- you love. It's the Muff News. <laughs> okay, we are back with the news. Mm-hmm. And we're going to continue on the fantasy theme. Yes, we are. Ooh, fantasy. <laughs> Where are we going? Uh, so we're going to be starting things off um, with another big fantasy mass battle game. Uh, we, you know, we've done the Ninth Age. We can't stop there. Uh, so this one comes from the uh, uh, designer behind Gaslands and also A Billion Suns, which a lot of people on OTT will know that Jerry was very excited about. Still, probably is quite excited about. I think. I still <laughs> want to play. Yeah. Uh, so this is Mike Hutchinson's new endeavor uh, that has just recently finished on Kickstarter, uh, but I wanted to talk about it anyway because um, it sounds pretty freaking awesome, mm. and uh, I definitely wanted to get this out there to more people so this uh, is a mass uh, battle fantasy war game which has been designed with the premise of playing absolutely huge games with loads of units but very quickly mm-hmm. okay so it's set in a world that has been developed by Hutchinson, which is called Rotvalden, uh, which is a kind of underground kingdom as you can see here rather than it being spread out across uh, you know a planet or something. It's Although not an analogue is... of Europe. I like this. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. And also, I mean, this is fairly planet-spanning anyway, really, I guess. It goes all the way down to the Earth's core, really. Mm. But um, uh, So the whole idea is that um, there are these characters called the uh, the Haunted, and uh, they have found these magical artifacts deep within the bowels of the Earth that have allowed them to summon up massive armies. And so this just become this unending war uh, between different fantasy races, different armies, um, as they're trying to stake their claim on different portions of the world uh, and sort of make their own kingdoms and that kind mm-hmm. of thing. The thing that's really interesting about this game in its entirety, though, is that, and they've done a nice little quick fire rule set for you to go and have a look at, which is really cool, is that, as I said, the premise is huge armies. And that normally means in, in other games that things just get bogged down and it takes ages to play and all that kind of thing. The other emphasis here is on quick, fast, and very, very brutal um, combat resolution and damage and that kind of thing. So um, the, the 
the the basis of the game and how the kind of combat works as that's kind of at the core of everything you're doing here really it's a big battle right <laughs> uh is that there's no like to hit to wound armor save all that kind of thing instead you look at what your unit is you look at what the opposing unit is and from a pool of dice you assign them to it and you just roll to get hit that target number so if you're looking at this one here say you've got a unit of light infantry and they're fighting a, uh, a heavy infantry unit, so like an, uh, a unit of like heavily armored dwarves or something, then you're just looking for fives. Once you've hit those target numbers, you've assigned uh, what's called Doom tokens to that unit. Uh, and once that gets to their uh, courage value, that unit becomes broken and it is just removed from the tabletop. So there's no individual miniature uh, removal, as you'd see in games like uh, Warm Fantasy Battles and stuff like that, or Oathmark, for example. Uh, and it's more in line with kind of Kings of War and that kind of thing, where sort of the uh, the the damage and the... Fatigue builds up on unit until, yeah. until the whole thing breaks. They don't. Yes. They don't run and off it, in drips and drabs. The whole yeah. unit decides they've had enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The other thing that's really nice, nice about combat resolution and also shooting is that every unit, depending on what it is uh, and what it's doing, just has this has the same pool of dice. Mm. So in combat, you would you everybody rolls ten dice. In shooting, you roll five dice and you look for those target numbers. So shooting's done exactly the same as in melee. So for example, ranged infantry shooting at uh, another ranged infantry unit needs five pluses to hit, and that kind of thing. You when when it comes to combat with multiple units, you have to assign three dice to all of your targets, and then you can split things up however you like. So, say there's something you really definitely want to kill, then you can put a few more into that, try and take it off the board, and that kind of thing. Um, you can't ignore the heavy armored thing hitting yes. you in the face just to get yeah. cheap kills on something else. Yeah, Billy has to fight the big orc. Yeah, you know, someone has to be dedicated to doing damage to something on that side of the battlefield. Yeah. Um, the other thing that's really nice about the game uh, is that it's very open to you building your armies as you see fit. Mm. So you'll notice that there was nothing in here of like orc infantry, elf yeah. infantry, dwarf infantry. You basically go onto the internet as as Mike did in one of his videos, and you say, "I really like the look of that unit." And then you sit down and you discern, determine what kind of arm, what kind of unit it would be in the game, and then you just give it qualities that would be assigned to it. So, if, say for example, we were building what we're we going here, what we're we going for here, a uh, big stompy big thing, thing, right? Yep. So, say it's a giant or you know an ogre or something like that. Yeah, that would be monster infantry, or it might be a monster. There you go at the bottom. I think monster for big yeah. stompy. And then you think of what kind of strengths and weaknesses it might have. So let's say that it's, should we say that maybe it's brutal? That might be a good quality for it to have. Brutal. Brutal yeah. deluxe. Oh, and have multiple strengths. You then. can have multiple strengths. Yeah. And so it just so has to be large, brutal and I imagine. sneaky. Sneaky. Oh, yeah. That could be Brit- cool. For a giant, a sneaky giant. <laughs> He's wearing, be wearing a hood. <laughs> But he might be cowardly or something like or that. Or self-destructive. Yeah. Or self-destructive. That because again, it's not so smart. Yeah. And, and so self-destructive, what this... I think, just means he goes home at the weekend and yeah. just drags himself into oblivion, <laughs> thinking about all the faces of the people he murdered. And so what's what's really cool about this is that it I takes think. the base level for whatever your unit type is, mm. and then it will add points or remove points depending on the weaknesses and strengths you give it. And so there's some really nice emphasis on you trying to make really thematic armies. Because mm. obviously in the grand scheme of things, why would you ever want to give a weakness to something? Yeah. But if say you're making an, a, an army of skeleton warriors, well, it would sometimes make sense to give them the fragile keyword, for example, because you know they're just big dusty bone men. And so that means that your points cost comes lower, so you'll be able to take more units and that kind of thing later on down the line. You'll also notice that like 
points in this are like pretty freaking huge. Mm, <laughs> so this hefty. is already on like a thousand points. So I think uh, Mike was saying that he made like a Chaos Dwarf army that was maybe five or six units, and that was around four thousand points. Um, maybe Nara footprint, Jerry. Yeah, because no, that's a chariot. Oh, your, your footprint is defined by ah, what you're okay. playing. So yeah, if it's yeah. wide, it's a unit, and if it's narrow, it's okay. like a monster or a chariot. Yeah, okay, or, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but um, and so there's a really nice emphasis on kind of like building whatever armies you want, and sort of like, and and just having lots of fun with the 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 freedom that the rules give you. I, I obviously it can be gamed in that kind of thing, but I really like that they've put a lot of things in here so that it's sort of focused on the idea of you being a little bit more narrative and playing around with that kind of thing as well. Um, when it comes to actually generating battles and stuff, this is really cool as well. So you just have D66 tables. So you roll to see what your battlefield looks like, what your main objective might be, what your second one would be, uh, and then you sort of roll for terrain and, and all sorts of different things like that. They have got magic and magical weapons and stuff in the game as well. Um, so uh, magic is done... Um, uh, through generating like magical gems hmm. so when you start the game for every a thousand points you get a gem and that can be spent to cast magical abilities and then as you go through the game as well your wizards will just generate spells and magical uh, magical power and stuff as you go there's also what's called a fortune deck um, so this is a set of cards that can be used you just draw the cards and you can use them to maybe turn the tide of battle in the heart of combat or uh, give your units a burst of bravery or something like that um, and so there's some really nice little bits and pieces that have been thrown into the advanced rules that allow you to take things to the next level. Um, as you were seeing, the the quick start rules are totally free for you to go and download and just have fun with. The army builder is also free to go and have a look at. You just got to make a copy of the Google Sheet and just put it into your own Google Drive and away you go. Um, they were running the Kickstarter um, where you can get your hands on the, the rule book and it's different variants as well as a whole bunch of cards and dice and doom trackers so you don't have to have dice behind units and that kind of thing as well. Or whatever you'd use, I'd pre I'd preferably use skulls, skulls behind you. Skulls of your doomy. enemy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, here, here's a thought for you. This would allow me to do something which I think could be very entertaining: an army of say eight giants, but each and every one of them is an individual. Yeah, you could you could easily do that. Yeah, as long as you <laughs> can identify them, and your opponent can as well. Yeah, yeah, of course, that's the obvious thing. But I think that could be really funny because mm. you know. Even if it was just like a regular unit, oh no, that unit is actually pretty good at like taking charges. Oh, I thought it was this one. No, no, no. See the way I've colored the base and it's marked on my sheet. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, there's there's a lot of freedom for you to make whichever kind of armies you want to do and sort of play around with different ideas. Mm. They, the the only thing that I'd say that is kind of missing, but I hope they kind of bake into this, mm. is that Mike's come up with some nice background for this world and stuff, but I'd love to see lots more art, and hopefully that's the kind of thing we'll see mm. over the next little while from, I think it's Crom who's done the artwork for the yeah. uh, the, the cover and stuff like that. Which I really want to see more of that and kind of building on the um, uh, the kind of background to all of this, because that's the thing that's really going to sell it to me, is kind of be like, ah, I really want to make a hobgoblin-focused army that's really driven by the kind of background and the narrative of this world. Um, I know that um, Mike has basically just said, pick whichever armies you want from which whatever whatever you've got lying around. Um, but uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do in terms of maybe some specific miniatures, perhaps, from different creators. That could be kind of cool. But um, it, yeah, It'll be cool. interesting because I, with Mike's other uh, games, He's mm -hmm. deliberately not gone into detail yes. about any of the. I mean, there is like a little bit yeah. of a background in the Billion Suns. There's a little bit of background in Gaslands, but it's really up 
to you to you know doesn't yeah. want to impose restrictions. Mm. Um, so I, I don't know if we'll see much beyond what he's yeah. already sort of hinted yeah. at for that. There'll be a, you know a, a bit in there about the world, and and then I think after that it's go nuts yourself because sometimes you'll get people will look at something and it becomes prescriptive. And say, so, mm-hmm. you know, well, the author said this. You know, the author said you can think of whatever you want, but nobody yeah. said this, so it has yeah. to be this. You know. And I suppose with it, with it having a different sort of world, you know, if Jerry wants to do his wet undead, they come from the the cave of wet dank nastiness, which <laughs> right, keeps yeah, them exactly. moist. <laughs> yeah. That's where the shrooms live. It's all good. Yeah. It's all good. It's just uh, the, the um, one of the miniatures that they did as part of the Kickstarter was this like hobgoblin king. Yeah, uh, and I just really loved the aesthetic of that. And I'd and especially the cover image that we got as well. So I think in my head, I kind of want to make armies that fit that theme and that look and things. So, but uh, but yeah. that's cool. corrupted him. If yes, that one. <laughs> he was available. I think he was as a seventy-five millimeter model, or you could get the STL file. I think it was. Yep. So, yeah, you get him as a, a resin resin multi-part model. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, uh, if you're looking for another quick, easy, fun mass battle game to dive into where the focus is on lots and lots of units on the tabletop and big bloody battles um definitely go and check out uh hobgoblin from uh mike hutchinson uh and also that logo is just made for t-shirts well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's um it's also due it's open to have it in production by august and, and out bef- by october at the latest but hopefully before october which means if you missed the kickstarter I imagine there'll be a late pledge, although he hasn't yeah. definitely said that. Uh, but there won't be long see. to wait anyway, really. Um, so. But if if there isn't a late pledge, then it's only yeah. a few months before it's due to hit retail. So uh, mm-hmm. hopefully it shouldn't be too far off for you. Yeah. Be yeah. less too far off for me because I backed the Kickstarter. But, you know. <laughs> Don't worry about I, it. I missed out. I meant to do it yesterday, but I was distracted by something and I forgot. Uh, so, shame. Oh, well. shame. <laughs> ah, there's always late pledge. Yeah. Right. Uh, what's up next? Uh, so next up, uh, we're turning to um, uh, another kind of like little tiny indie style development. Mm-hmm. There's lots of indies at the start of this week's uh, it's, episode. It's uh, but this one comes from uh, Black Sight Studios, who a lot of people will know have been doing really fun stuff with their different games. They've done Yastiga. They've done that awesome um, moon-based combat game between the US and the Russians, which is pretty mm. cool. <laughs> Luna, which is nice. Luna, yeah. uh, but they've also been working with a uh, creator called Malev, who has developed this game called Demon Ship, which is very retro and uh, very much in, uh, inspired by the likes of Doom and Alien and all those kind of games. Uh, the premise of the game, it's a solo uh, uh, adventure for you on the mm-hmm. tabletop, uh, where you play as the survivor, with whoever that might be. I'm Nathan Clark! <laughs> who has... Uh, uh, who's been who's been woken up on a doomed ship that is about to be well that it is in being infested by demons and you have to escape to the uh, the pods and get off the ship blowing blowing it up in the process uh, before they take your life. Um, as you sort of dive into the game, it's all procedurally generated, so you'll roll dice to determine the rooms that you go into uh, and the demons that you'll face, and you have a kind of path that you need to be going on so for example at the start of the game you need to get to the engine rooms and then you need to get to this whatever you know get to the next room and then you need to get to the um like the escape bay and all that kind of thing and as you go through you'll be rolling dice to see what kind of terrain you set up on the board uh it uses a lot of the mds stuff that mm-hmm. um black site has been working on 
previous to this, uh, but you could also just play it on grids as well if you really wanted to. I like the actual demon ship box though because it comes with some really nice bits and pieces of terrain if you kind of build everything up very quickly. It very it looks and feels to me like one of those indie video games that kind of would play on like iOS or Android or something, which is kind of nice. And it's got um, a real '90s vibe going on. Uh, yes, it's very retro, <laughs> which I really like. Can we call '90s retro yet? Uh, yes. I think so. Yes, <laughs> thirty years. Yeah, uh, CDs and tapes. It was still, it was still. Yeah, that's right here now. Um, but yeah, uh, so you dive in. Uh, the one of the other big things about this is that it's very brutal. They have toned down the brutality um, from the first iteration of the game. I believe it was played at Adepticon, and uh-huh. it was so brutal that people were dying in the first room. Nice. Um, <laughs> The the pre-order version of the game, uh, well, the pre-orders that are going out right now and the fact that the game's available for you to go and pick up and stuff is giving them a little bit of time to kind of like tweak the rules and stuff like that. But the rules that Malev and, and the team have settled on right now uh, are a lot more forgiving. They're still terrifyingly brutal, but they're a lot more forgiving than they used to be. I, uh, so I kind of want a nightmare mode box well, yeah, with those original cool. rules. Yeah. Uh, the, 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 one of the, to give you an idea of it, when you go into a room, you roll a set of D6 and uh, I think it's one to three, those are enemy dice, and four, five, and six are your dice to play with. So if you like go into a room and you roll like one six, and then everything else is like a one or a three, you just have to try and <laughs> to oh. defend yourself against demons and that kind of thing, which is really Fury cool. the game for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Jerry dies in the first room every single time. It was just like Nightmare. <laughs> Um, oh, you'll also yeah. note there was a couple of additional so there's, these are the miniatures that uh, Black Sight have worked on very Doom-esque in very very, many well regards. that one there is very um, Tetsu yes the yeah, Iron yeah. Man with his big yeah. gun face gun face mm-hmm. yeah yeah. He, uh, just him sneezing and bullets coming out yep. uh, but there's also a couple of additional scenari- uh, survivors as well so one of them is Malev which is based on the uh, creator of the game and, and there's also Witty uh, which is based on uh, Whittle Goblin, who's a uh, YouTuber and uh, Twitch streamer who um, helped to promote the game when it was uh, first coming out. So they kind of immortalized her as a miniature, which I thought was a really nice little That's idea. Cool. Yeah. Is it purely solo or are we having any hope of having like a multiplayer one? Because I it, think the idea of this with you and a couple of mates rolling in and rocking into a room to try and murder demons could be fun. Uh, it's currently just a experience. But I, I'm sure if it does well, uh, maybe Malev will look at doing some other stuff to kind of make it co-op or something like that. That could be kind of cool. Mm. Um, I, I, I suppose if you wanted to kind of jerry-rig it, you could have two survivors and you could just roll the dice yep. and then just assign them to different characters. More, yeah. more dice, yeah. more demons. Oh, wait, there's two of us yeah. and oops, 12 of them. Yeah, but uh, if if, you, if you're in the mood for something retro, something solo, and yes, those survivors actually come in that packaging, like the action figure packaging. So mm-hmm. very cool. <laughs> oh, well, you need to get two because you have to keep one pristine. You've got to keep one pristine and one for the like yeah, never removed from box. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> you can still smell the the new new action figure smell. Uh, but yeah, so these are available for you to go and check out now uh, from Black Sight. Definitely go and give this a look if you're interested in something a little bit weird, a little bit wacky. So, yeah, I really like it. it. Mm. I love the I love the idea of just procedurally generating the crazy ship that you're on. Yeah, that's um, very cool. <laughs> and, and trying desperately to fight your way off the crazy yeah. ship you're on. That's always good. I mean, everybody yeah. loves Event Horizon. Everybody loves Doom. Yeah. There's yeah. a touch of the uh, of the Larry Nevin there as well in that ah. Survivor alongside the Doom guy. Give me yes. a little bit of Dead Space. <laughs> a bit better, bit oh, yeah, a little bit Isaac Clark as well. Yeah, 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 very cool. Yeah. Oh, sorry, I said it wrong. Durr. Well, no, Dead Dead Space. Dead Space is the game, and the character in it is Isaac Clarke. So yeah, okay. I said Nathan. Yeah. Oh, oh, right. Okay. Got the name wrong. Ge- I'm sorry, Internet. 
I was giving you a pass, Justin. No, no, <laughs> no. I must be shamed. Oh, okay, fair enough. As I you shame you. <laughs> shame Bell. Engage anyway. Shame, uh, <laughs> shame. Uh, moving on from uh, fantasy. Well, actually, no, sticking with the moving from grim, dark sci-fi to fantasy. We're going back to fantasy. We're all, you know fantasy. hopping between these genres. Uh, we're looking at some more stuff coming out uh, for Privateer Press's uh, War Machine because we got a look at the first Warlock-led battle group uh, for War Machine Mark IV. Mm. Troublebloods. Yeah, if it was going to be anyone, it was going to be the Troublebloods. Um, so this is, these are the Southern Creel's Brine Blood Marauders. He's uh, using a hammerhead shark as yes. a hammer. Yes, I'm. I am on board with this. And he has a he, he has a squid flail as well. I mean, that's amazing. <laughs> um. So yeah, uh, up until this point, we've had um, uh, Warcasters leading the way. Mm-hmm. So we've had Kado, we've had Signar, and we've had Orgoth. Uh, but now we're seeing the first of the uh, Warlocks coming to War, uh, War Machine Mark Four. So you get uh, Admiral Boom Howler, who's the uh, Lady Trollblood that you see there on the right. No relation. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then you have a couple of additional miniatures in the world. So you've got two war beasts, you've got the Reef Troll and the Deep Born Dire Troll. Uh, once again, they come with all the different components because they're 3D printed um, um, as the rest of the ranges at the moment. So you just, yeah, so you just uh, stick the magnets into the uh, the sockets and away you go. And right, so you can right. make some yeah. nice, uh, diverse characters to use on the tabletop and different war beasts. I in love with yeah. a faction. Yeah, it looks very, very cool. <laughs> it's a hell of a shield. Yes. Oh, yes. I wonder what I happened like to the that. rest of the ship. <laughs> Most likely he shot it with that cannon. Yes, I think so. Yeah. Oh, um, you can give it big fins, anchor. Yeah. I, I, I skull I, spike. Why would you ever go with any weapon other than the, the squid and the, sh- and the hammerhead yeah. shark? Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Unless you want to head somebody with a net full of tentacle things. Yeah, yeah I guess. Yeah. Being um, hit with a sock full of uh, snicker balls. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, wouldn't even let it be Satsumas. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so these miniatures were available as part of a preview battle group, so you still might be able to get your hands on these at the moment. Uh, but they will be available later on in the year, according to the roadmap from the folks at uh, Privateer Press. Mm. If you're interested in their rules, uh, they should be available for you to go and check out in the uh, War Machine app that they've uh, developed to go alongside the game, so you can see how it works and you know help them with the uh, playtesting of the units and that kind of stuff as well, which is really nice to see. Um, but yeah, nice to see Warlocks uh, finally popping up. It should be noted, you'll notice that in the background, that said War Machine, because mm. Hordes is no longer like a separate thing. Everything is under the War Machine banner. It was always in the War Machine Imren world anyway, so it makes sense to kind of combine the mechanics into the one, which is really uh, cool. I, I do wonder if the, the Focus and Fury mechanics are going to switch up because they're keeping it under the War Machine banner now. That will be interesting to see. So it'll be uh, fun to see. if any, Well, if anybody has actually had a look at it in the app, uh, it'd be really fun to hear your comments down below on what you think mm. of uh, the new War Machine stuff and the Warlocks and things. But uh, yeah. Just We're just waiting for Circle Orboros so now. Bring forth the werewolves. I want werewolves. <laughs> werewolves. <sighs> werewolves, worst wolves. Right. Um, we swear. We're werewolves, not swearwolves. Not swearwolves. <laughs> God. Right. Let's burn some heretics then. More stuff from Gim's workshop, which is surprising. Bef- before we get to that, though, oh. we've got to talk cowboys, Jerry. <gasps> Cowboys. We can't miss the Cowboys. I need oh, to talk about Cowboys. We won't miss the Cowboys. Yeah. <laughs> so you know how earlier, Justin, you were talking about uh, papercraft stuff, yes. right? Well, well, I was saying it was a nice 
aspect. A, a nice yeah. addition, yeah. Yes. Well, Peter's Paper Boys, who I bloody love, uh, have decided to jump on the Wild West wagon. See what I did there? Uh, with their set of 28mm paper cowboys and Indians and stuff for you to throw into your games. Uh, so they've done... Uh, this is all illustrated by Peter Dennis. So if you don't know Peter Dennis, he's the uh, the wonderful fellow who has illustrated many, many books uh, from Osprey and historical books and all sorts of different things like that. Uh, and uh, Peter's Paper Boys is his collection of paper models that you can print off at home and use to make huge armies. You'll also uh, might know that a lot of his stuff has been turned into the Wofen range as well, so you've been able to see plastic versions of his stuff at the same time. But these are his cowboys. So the big bundle comes with, and I'm going to go into a, an American accent now and annoy everybody, dudes and drifters, sheriffs and shooters, Bells, bums, and barkeeps. As a uh, wee bit West Country, son. I love it. <laughs> so right there, Mr. Frodo. Are we going to the Wild West? <laughs> I'm, I, our cork was... I know, I screwed up, too. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, do you want to do your bad impression, Shay, of somewhere completely unrelated? No, I think I'm okay. <laughs> no, I, don't. I think we've had enough of those for today. Shay gets to keep his credit. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so... God. Uh, the the set comes with loads of uh, uh, cowboys and outlaws and everything uh, on foot, but then you also get mounted versions of different characters as well, as you would have seen from these. Mm. These are paper craft, so you're going to be swapping the paintbrush for uh, a, 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 a knife and some scissors marker. and a tongue stuck out the side of your mouth because you go... Mm. <laughs> See, I, I, I can't do that these days. I just taste the tash. Oh, well, there you go. You get get some of your lunch that you left over from before. Um, but you also get in the set uh, a nice stagecoach which you need to rob, which is really nice. Uh, and then in addition to all of that, um, there's also a bundle of terrain that uh, the Paper Boys have been working on. So this is for their town of Resurrection. And uh, you get um, all the stuff that you'd expect. So you get things like oh, a saloon. Resurrection. <laughs> yeah. It's a great name. I love it. Yes. Fabulous. As almost yeah, as so good as John whenever cold callers get onto him. He just answers, hello, Lance Crematorium. You kill him, we grill him. <laughs> exactly. Uh, John seems like he'd fit right in here, but there we go. Um, so yeah, if you're maybe looking at games like Dead Man's Hand, Legends of the Old West, or uh, What a Cowboy, which is the new one from Two Fat Lardies, uh, and you don't particularly fancy the idea of doing any painting of miniatures, but instead you're a dab hand with a pair of scissors, uh, then maybe go and have a look at uh, Peter pa- Pete. <laughs> Say that too many times. Peter's paper boys. <laughs> this might be amusing for Black Scorpion's tombstone. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, tombstones and the rule set out there. It's very good, very worth diving into. Um, you know, and and because they've because you get your hands on just oodles and oodles of characters that you just need to cut out and stick together. Get the Pritch stick ready. Um, uh, this could be a very inexpensive way for you to try out some games and have some fun in the Wild West, as a lot of people seem to be doing at the moment. So, yeah, I always love seeing when Peter does something three-dimensional in his, yes. his Paperboy lines. Yeah. <laughs> um, because if you don't follow him on Facebook, and you really should, you'll often get tests put up there where he's sitting going, how do I make an elephant? Do I do yeah. it front on? Do I do it sideways on? And he'll do them in just plain sheets of paper. So he'll just do like a, a pencil image. And then you'll just get these various sort of constructions appearing. It's like, that doesn't work. Mm. That kind of works. Let's mix the two. Likewise with this stagecoach, because obviously everything else is flat. All the, the characters are flat. Um, 
but then the stagecoach itself is is built to be three dimensional to fill the the sort of the the uh, uh well base for want mm. of a better word that's on and then you've got your little flat 2d horses again um mm. it just looks terrific mm. so I, I really like whenever he chucks these bits and pieces in there obviously I'm assuming, the terrain's always good i'm assuming he's a student of origami <laughs> no no glue, glue and scissors all the way oh fair yeah. enough glue and scissors that's that's where life is really set out it'll yeah. be interesting to see if um because obviously beer does a lot of stuff just through the paper boy range yes um on yeah. his own website but every now and again he'll do little collaborations um and he's released multiple books with andy callum mm -hmm. uh, never mind the bill hooks yes um yeah. and andy has written rules so you would buy a book and it will contain a all the pages of colored stuff that you need to cut out and, and then the rules that go with all you need to supply is a couple of dice stolen out of monopoly set because monopoly is the worst game ever and doesn't deserve any dice to be just harvest monopoly for whatever bit you can for proper games so um, two dice but I, I always like seeing those because they're they're really good ways of getting kids involved yes the, there's the crafting side you know cutting stuff out sticking it together covering the table and paste and then afterwards you can set them down and they've now built their army and they can now play with their army mm -hmm. um, so it's a great way to teach them about history hobby crafting all of one and the go. importance of safety scissors <laughs> they're too blunt to get around to find but it's given that you know it'll be an invaluable lesson if they cut themselves um it's just how that one works they won't do it again but but yeah definitely one to check out by jerry no not by jerry i think you'll find that everybody was on board with me last week as well i'm just saying uh my worldly advice for raising children is particularly spot on right okay now into the gw then Yes, now we go to DW. Yes. Um, so if you want to go from uh, the frontiers of uh, America, <laughs> then you can instead head to the frontiers of the 41st millennium and uh, get your get your, get yourself stuck in with a uh, inquisitorial uh, kill team as part of Ashes of Faith. Um, so this is the kind of... It's not a continuation of the season structure, um, that we'd seen previously for Kill Team. Hmm. Uh, Ashes of Faith kind of sits as a, uh, I'd say like a stopgap between what's happened with Gallo Fall and what's about to happen as we head down to the planet and find out the next step of the storyline and where it all goes from here. So in Ashes of Faith, uh, you take control of a inquisitorial Kill Team with a bunch of new agents. It's a, a modular kit uh, as it were, so you can build a whole range of different characters. So each of them comes with a few different options in order to in order for you to change up how you'd build them. Uh, but you've got your kind of classic set of Imperial agents there with sort of the pious members of the church. You've got a servitor there. You've got your kind of Imperial veteran. Uh, you've got your scribe that's sort of working in the background to list everything that you've uh, uh, found and then suddenly explodes when it realizes that you've done too much heresy. If your Eisenhorn, maybe. <laughs> this this is what I was going to ask. Where is Henry Cavill's Eisenhorn? Well, yeah, perfect, perfect time to put that miniature right there. In the it world. would it would have been it would have been yeah. Um, but uh, this inquisitorial um, team are going to be going up against a chaos cult uh, led by the Dark Commune, who have uh, decided to try and turn a world into a haven for their dark gods. Um, some interesting little twists in Ashes of Faith. In that it makes the it's very much a narrative experience, 
Uh, it's not sort of focused on that kind of competitive small group of soldiers beating each other up on a small battlefield uh, for like objectives and that kind of thing. There's still a lot of that in there, but the focal point is very much on uh, your games being slightly bigger. So you can have sort of like around between 20 and 30 models on a tabletop rather than it being sort of cut down to like 10 to 20 or something like that. Um, Although obviously many kill teams are much smaller than that. Um, and you play through a uh, extended storyline where you try to save this world as these imperial agents, uh, and the Inquisition can kind of call on additional support. So in the set, you get some Sisters of Silence and some Tempestus Scions uh, that you've requisitioned um, from the uh, the the um, uh, from the forces of good to use in your uh, in your games alongside you. Uh, and then on the other side of things, the Dark Commune come with. A whole host of those uh, kind of cultists that you see there in the center. But the interesting thing with these is that you don't use the cultists alongside the different sort of mutated variants of them at the same time. Throughout the campaign, throughout games, those cultists get turned into those twisted mutants. So you start to turn your guys that are just like, hey, this seems like a good job where I can earn some credits. What's to Godhood? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So uh, what's that? Unlimited part. Oh, wait. Yeah. Unlimited power. Yeah, unlimited power means more wings and uh, sliding talents and everything else in between. So, Why is yeah. the Witch King there? <laughs> yes, that's the Dark Commune. Yeah, they are very Nazgul. He's on vacation. Uh, yeah. Well, when he's not conquering Middle Earth, uh, he's in the grim dark future. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see you know, how this set goes down with people. Um, I like the shift towards a more narrative focused. It's obviously nice to see uh, inquisitorial stuff popping up. Um I think if you're playing something like Imperium Maledictum, which is the role-playing game from Cubicle 7, and you want to, as Jerry would say, incorrectly play the game with miniatures, then this would be a perfect chance for you to actually build characters to use in that game uh, and use them on the tabletop if you really wanted to. Um, but um, yeah, it's it's an interesting... It was an interesting curveball from Games Workshop for them to, to throw into the mix for Kill Team. And uh, yeah, the proof will be in the pudding to see whether or not uh, it lands well with people. So yeah. I like the idea of the actual cultists changing over time into various types of chaos spawn mm-hmm. slash demon. Yes. Um, yeah. Because that gives you at least some sort of sense of progression. Mm-hmm. Also kind of makes me want to murder all the cultists as quickly as possible. Once the first one splits and yes. turns into that, you want to get rid of the rest of <laughs> them very, very quickly. Not sure I mean, about this one up top though. This this pinky one crab crawling its way forward. Love it. This one here that's just a massive mouth and arm. Great. Some of the smaller ones, terrific as well. This one at the top looks like it's bits left over. Mm. <laughs> so what, someone just <laughs> took a pot of glue and just poured it into their bits box and pulled yep. it out. Yeah. yeah, pretty much. I do. That's uh, what the I appreci- gods did when they made him. <laughs> I appreciate the uh, appreciate the skin being ripped open and the head of yeah. the unfortunate still being there yeah. um, as it sort of flaps around, uh, mm-hmm. but the rest of it just looks really weird. Mm. Yeah, it looks like one of the uh, oh, what was their Remember they released like ghoul ogres mm. and some of them had bat wings and some of them oh, just Vargulfs. Vargulfs. Could be, sure. Yeah. It looks like they've got one of those bodies and just I'm went just and stick a dragon is, head on his norm. Why is there no flamer? No heavy flamer? <laughs> why is there no heavy flamer? I'm sure there is in the... You uh, might find some bits to do it or just give one of your sisters a silence yeah, of flamer. Well, one, maybe. Of these, one of these people out here, drop yeah. the hot shot, las gun, give them a, a flamer, off you go. Yeah. Uh, but the the Inquisition can call on more support as well. So they've also said that you can introduce the uh, like boarding party as well if you wanted to, um, and the kill teams can also be used 
away from Ashes of Faith as normal kill teams. So you can do a Dark Commune and Cultist kill team and a normal Inquisitorial one where you don't have all the extra miniatures thrown in there at the same time. So yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes. I'm fairly sure it's going to sell out immediately on uh, Saturday and no one will be able to get it. But there we go. Yeah. <laughs> but if you're looking to get it, make sure you come across there on tabletop.com where we have the, the UTT store. Yeah, yeah. Fingers crossed. Bye, Mark. <laughs> hey, he's giving you more work, man. <laughs> it's outrageous, isn't it? This is right. why no one likes him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Warhamster Underworlds, then. Yeah, uh, so cl- uh, closing things off for uh, Games Workshop for this week, uh, we also got the news that there's going to be a new Warhammer Underworlds starter set coming out. So this one replaces uh, the previous set that was uh, kind of lower buy-in. So rather than you paying kind of like 50, 60 quid for the season boxes, the starter box, well, at least the the previous one, came in around kind of like 30 to 40 quid. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, again, have a look on store on tabletop for all your Warhammer Underworlds needs. By much. Um, do, do I get to grab the lazy sculpting again? <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, the set comes with uh, two of your uh, previous warbands that were ex- that were released during the Shade Spire arc. Um, so you get Fast Riders Fighters and the Sepulchral Guard. Um, so um, if Lloyd hasn't already seen these, he probably will now. Um, <laughs> these are just your push fit plastic miniatures that you'd normally get in an Underworld set quick and easy to paint up and throw into the game. The The thing that's really nice about this is that they've taken these uh, older warbands and instead of you getting like a set of cards and then having to deck build with these, you can now just get Rivals decks for these. So the Rivals deck is a pre-constructed deck that is specifically themed to either the Fast Riders to either Fast Riders Fighters or the Sepulchral Guard and you just take that out of the box and you start playing the game. As some community members have pointed out, it's a little bit strange to have both a core box set uh, mm. and also the season boxes because as some community members were saying the season boxes are almost just as approachable as these uh it just seems that they're costed at a higher level because they come with the new warbands in them i guess um which is a, a bit of a shame um but this one does come with like some extra bits and pieces to help you get started in the game like you get the the getting started book and all that kind of thing but if you're interested in playing warhammer underworlds you don't want to buy just a random set uh, or you don't want to pay like 50, 60 quid for the big new season box, then uh, maybe go and have a look at this one. It's a very nice little hybrid of cardboard and miniatures game, which I would uh, recommend going to have a look at. And look, no bat wings. No bat wings. Uh, yeah. <laughs> would probably be fine with these. They look like real people yeah. who are dead and then imposed on white, so very difficult to see. And I, I love the individuality of them. Yeah, it's really cool. Uh, I, I always say that if you're interested in um, Age of Sigmar, go and have a look at Warcry Warbands and um, Warhammer Underworlds because they come with really unique sculpts for the different characters that will give you a taste of the different factions and maybe be a nice in for you to start collecting in that world. So, yeah, very cool. cool. That, that chicken's only got one eyeball left to peck out. <laughs> Just this guy in the middle. And then that chicken's going to be pointless. Yeah. Just saying, once this guy's completely blind like the rest... Yeah. And then they'll realize it was a futile gesture because they don't use their eyes anymore. <laughs> Hoisted by your own chickeny petard. Silly Aetherwing. <laughs> right. That wraps us up for the news. Mm-hmm. We shall return in just one swish to finish off the show. Okay, we are back. And to round out the show, we're going to be kicking off with a bit of 3D printing. Oh, yeah. the 3D mm. printing monkeys are below us. Hello, monkeys. 
Who are we looking uh, at then this week, Ben? Uh, so we're actually going to be taking a look at the May offerings and also the larger offerings as well um, from someone called, uh, called Reconquer Designs. Um, Reconquista. <laughs> I thought that we had potentially seen just enough of fantasy and sci-fi. And so I thought maybe we should dive into a little bit of the historical, although, of course, I am a fantasy baby, but uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, you could use them. You could use them for Equitian if you want to. You could, exactly. Age. If you're trying some Night Age, yeah. Or uh, something like Saga, for example. Yeah. Or perhaps uh, some Bretonian. Yeah. Uh, but um, uh, Reconquer have been working away on a whole range of different miniatures, some of which we'll dive into a little bit deeper later. But uh, there's a very strong focus on the likes of the medieval period and everything else in between, which is really cool. Uh, their most recent selection of uh, offerings mm. uh, were surrounded around the uh, the the first king of Portugal, um, but also a bunch of uh, troops and stuff that might want to follow him into the heart of battle, which would be quite nice. Mm. And um, one of the things that I really like about the stuff from Reconquer um, is that you get some really nice dynamic sculpts for a lot of the infantry models and stuff like that you also get these you also get stuff like that which is really nice so you get additional kind of um stuff that would be really fun for scenarios and things so you get a kind of like a a, a tavern as it were mm. and uh, the tavern keeper and his wife perhaps or maybe the other way around who knows and uh a one-stop so you shop could... if you're just getting into an era or a specific um, army faction nation, you, you can get the army yes. plus terrain that matches. Yes, mm. yes, which I think is really good. Uh, and obviously, as you can see from the terrain there and things that we got that uh, they were doing in the set, there's lots of detail to it and things. But then also, sort of as you look back towards the infantry, I love that they're all in different poses. Mm. Um, you've got some nice individuality to them. So especially if you're playing something like a, uh, uh, a skirmish game or something, so maybe you're diving into something like the Baron's War, for example. I think these are really nice because they give you a nice, a good handful of troops that be, you'd be able to use to uh, um, kind of create a very dynamic and interesting warband that where you could name all the characters and stuff if you really wanted to, which I thought was quite nice. Um, but the other, th- the other thing that's nice about st- this stuff as well is that because they're going in this route of doing, or at least in this set of stuff anyway for May, like a kingdom that you wouldn't necessarily think of, <laughs> yeah, like I wouldn't really have thought about designing an army that was based around, uh, you know, the King of Por- Portugal. Portuguese, yeah, yeah, but I mean, uh, Portuguese were vicious. Yeah, well, you just run them as Spanish. Yeah, <laughs> just to really oh, that'll make them happy. Like that'll make them happy. The Iberian Peninsula, one go. <laughs> Uh, but if you're looking to, uh, you know, really take nice. on the likes of the Moors and stuff, or you're wanting to head off on a little bit of a crusade or something, then you've got some pretty awesome bits and pieces there you could use in order to do that. Maybe you're looking at that, uh, talking of um, awesome games, and maybe maybe looking at Outremer and stuff like that mm-hmm. from uh, from uh, Warhost yeah. uh, and going down that route if you wanted to do that with the uh, the Barons War and stuff. Uh, but yeah, enough for a crusade anyway because you've got yes, there's, there. there's at least three. So I, I do like that in that design, the guy on the far right, his chainmail is just a little bit tight on him. He's got a little bit of belly going on. <laughs> uh, probably not that tight. Whenever you used to wear a chainmail, we would you'd hike it up and pull it over the belt because then the belt and your hips support a lot of the weight. Otherwise, it's all on your shoulders. Oh, so. I know, I know. I've, I've, uh, I have worn chainmail. <laughs> yes, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah. So. Um, all the stuff there, as you can see, is comes in kind of like that twenty-eight to thirty-two mil scale ish, 
So you could use it for whatever games you wanted to dive into and have fun with. Um, and things like the terrain has also been designed for th- uh, for small 3D resin printers, which is quite nice, especially with the new stuff. Um, so it's been designed so it breaks down, which is quite easily for you to do that kind of thing, which is quite nice. And uh... <laughs> needs more animal pelts on that. <laughs> yes, uh, soaked in water probably to keep the uh, hot tar and arrows off it. But uh, but yeah. Um, it's stuff like this that I think is really nice about what uh, Reconquer does because in their wider range of things, they've got a whole host of different bits and pieces that will be great for making alternative armies and scenarios very interesting. Um, so, you know, sieges are one of those things that I think everybody dreams of, <laughs> but no one ever gets the chance to actually run them. Uh, but if you've got a 3D printer fired up and ready, you know, you could get your hands on siege towers and trebuchets and all that kind of things. So, be uh, to using your games. I was playing a game uh, last week called Chivalry, mm-hmm. and in it they called trebuchets trebu- trebuchets, and I was like, what? Nice. "This is wrong." <laughs> we, we would also have accepted uh, very buckets. Yeah. Just, uh... <laughs> yes, <laughs> I, I do counts, like because the... it doesn't have its bucket on it. It's just being peasant powered. Yeah, I, just I, I do like the, the sapper kit that's there. Mm. I'm actually digging kit. up towards a castle wall. To go and uh, herd some pigs inside and set them on fire. Yeah, Only if they've got heffy lumps. Otherwise, that's just unnecessarily cruel. And you've wow. got very quick bacon. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> the fat burns bacon, at a high, uh, high temperature, bring down the walls. <laughs> Don't like to have to chase my bacon. <laughs> that's why. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, that is really cool. And it's the kind of stuff that, you know, isn't necessarily done by a lot of companies and will be really nice to see thrown into the mix. And I think 3D printing obviously opens up the gamut for you to do that kind of stuff, really. Well, it's it's, like it's a- not something you ever see in games is someone actually having a unit digging yeah. a trench toward a wall. With this, you can do out the sections and actually have it as like a narrative component to your game. Yeah, yeah. You well, could even it. do it. You could even do it. It's kind of like, um, kind of like, you do a skirmish before you do your main battle or something where maybe you get to send out a sortie to try and kill the sappers or something in the trenches or and that do, kind of thing. Do them up like keppers so, before they try and exactly. start digging down and undermining yeah. your walls. I like that you get the ones with the legs cut off as well. So you mm-hmm. can see them walking around in the mire. <laughs> yeah, ha- halfway in there. Yeah, I think it's really cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Reconquer range is, is fairly extensive. Uh, there's, yeah. there's a lot of stuff in here. <laughs> um, I, I think in particular, if you're looking at stuff like the Crusades, um they've they've pretty much got you nailed i think um they have you know the kind of armies of uh christendom that you would have thought of alongside lots of the uh islamic states armies and that kind of thing as well so you know they've they've got you fairly well serviced when it comes to pilgrims and crusading knights wandering generals um you know rampaging cavalry and everything else in between really which i think is really cool just seeing how much of a difference the 15 to 28 sculpts were. I think it's just oh, how yes, some of the of files are designed yeah. with yeah. the uh, printable components, so mm-hmm. wheels and the like being already attached. Mm-hmm. Rather than yeah, being keep the fiddly bits. But yeah, there's um, some although, I do see stuff they, they have a scenery range as well, which would be nice. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Look, Andalusian crossbowmen. Right filth. How cool do those look? <laughs> Always good. Yeah. Anytime you want to go on a crusade, always have some filthy crossbow. Yeah. Don't worry about the extra fatigue they'll generate in Saga. I'll be more than get up for it and your opponent die. What's quite nice about it what's quite nice about it as well is that 
it's nice to see the the painted objects at the end as well. So you look at those and you think, ah, are those actually going to be as detailed as you know they are in the renders? And then you see the final ones. And you're like, actually, no, yep, they've got all the folds of the cloth and everything like that. They've, you know, they all look. Yeah, although they're they're wavering on Squarebase. <laughs> it's a knobbly base. Yeah, yeah. One of these fashionable bases. Not hope to, but there's not much can be done about it, unfortunately. Nah, I haven't yet worked out how I can get around to everybody's house with a razor saw and fix their bases for them. Uh, I'm starting oh, the a spiral effort, the from effort, my house, though, Jerry, working my what, way what, out. Just go, what what you door. really need is like some form of like I don't know, laser satellite that'll just burn it down through their ceiling. Holes in the ceiling, but you know, that's beside the point. Acceptable like, losses. Like the Gears of War, what was it called? The 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 big laser that they fired from the sky. Oh, to the God Hammer? Thing. Oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Giant freaking sky laser. Yeah. Christmas nativity scene. That's quite cute as well. Sorry, you were saying there was a thing. Oh, a train. That was yeah, a I, I kind of want to see what sort of buildings and stuff they've done because anytime you can get like medieval sort of era terrain, it's just so versatile. And I love seeing it. Chicken coop. Jerry, we were talking about chickens this week, but let's not talk about it on the show. Yes, we were. <laughs> If you can yeah, guess, uh, if you can uh, guess what we were talking about this week about chickens in the comments below, you're the prize winner. <laughs> I will find your, I will, you. Get it. I won't even pick a different one. Uh, but yeah, perfect stuff for kind of adding character and life to a board. I uh, love incidental pieces yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, love. Certainly in Barnes Board, Border Reavers um, saga. Often you need things like this for scenarios because it will yeah, be raids, raids on stuff. villages and yeah. steal the then, chickens because reasons. Yeah, well, because it's livestock. Livestock costs money, therefore it's wealth. Yes. So take and that. It tastes and get, really good. You get meat yeah. at the end, but yeah, it's a lot like human. I'm. I'm. Uh, I've heard. Never tried to check myself. <laughs> I'm also loving the fact that the the fencing there is modular, so you could just do an absolute ton of it. To actually like yeah. break up your fields and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Oh, nice little pile of treasure, the loot. Or or a couple of Norman vampires have been staked. <laughs> all that's left is their armor. They they dust dust them. Them. Yeah. So, 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 someone, in there. Yeah, someone sold them a coffin but didn't give them the dimensions. That looks like off to the uh off to the Holy Land mm -hmm. for some uh good times for all plenary indulgences. Mm. It's just like a, a box full of hats. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that's really nice about their general, uh, I don't know if you, it, actually you'll oh see God. it if you sort of scroll down mm. through uh, it later on and stuff like that, but there's a really nice section of kind of, and we're seeing some of the pieces here actually that kind of demonstrate it, but they do lots of kind of these, like these diorama vignette style mm. pieces, which I think is really nice. Um, and they're just very good for kind of, as you say, setting really the same. Nice coursework on the tiles. Yeah, but also you get some really good stuff there that would be good for sort of like vignettes and stuff like that. So the vignettes, find them in this part or just in the regular? Yeah, if you just if you scroll down through the main selection, you'll start to see them. So they've done like some really nice uh, kind of scenes where you see like, um, like individuals in the heat of battle and all that kind of thing. So if you're looking to do stuff to kind of use as display painting pieces and that kind of thing. They've done mm -hmm. lots of nice pieces for that, which I think is really cool. Um, nice. There's even some kind of like semi-fantasy stuff in there, which I think is kind of cool, especially if you're looking at something like Saga, you know, where they always kind of have this on like semi-mythical edge mm -hmm. to it. Because um, they've got like a, 
a Templar who's in the midst of doing like a turn and dead thing, which I think is really cool. So like maybe he's found some zombie statues, a turn counter. I mean, that's amazing. Mm. <laughs> that's, that's a awesome. nice touch. Yeah. That's a really nice touch. But uh, yeah, it's a, it's a really fun range to dive into and have a look at. Cause they've got, there you go. Uh, you've got some really awesome little bits and pieces that would be perfect for that kind of display stuff. And, Especially and good. Not just display, really. but if you're playing um, big mass battle games where you mm. have, four to six men per stand, multiple yeah. stands in a unit. Um, then often you can throw some casualties in to break it up a bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, I know I've done a fair bit in my Kings of War Roman army mm. um, because it just just takes the regimentation off it, just seeing a few guys desperately fighting for their lives at the edge or being <laughs> being walked over because they're dead. So, yeah. yeah. Some yeah. There, there is back. one last section of this I would really like a look at if we can. Yeah. And that's, there is a free section. So if yeah. you want to actually give them a try before you buy. <laughs> Mobile altar. Death Vault. It's the best way. Let people know what you're fighting for. So free. Yeah, just I think, just you, get, I think, you, I think you get a footman and then you get um a, a couple of additional bits of pieces. So yeah. You too. Oh, and the little baby jeebus. Yeah. And then change that it up. Look like anything like the uh, nativity scenes on my Christmas cards, which are always like <laughs> open sided barn. <laughs> Just saying. Somebody's yeah. incorrect here. I always and like then, the one with Baby Yoda on it. Yes. Yeah. Baby Yoda and uh, two Tyrannosaurus Rex fighting over a table saw. Sacrilege, but, uh, but true. the best kind of sacrilege. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think that's a really nice one to actually test print as well because you get something that's. Like incredibly detailed there with the chainmail work. So if you want to try and see how that's going to come out, I think that's a pretty decent one to look at, especially with the depth on the helmet and that kind of yeah. thing as well. So yeah, so yeah, a very, very good cool. benchmark. Yes, yeah, sweet to the beat. So mm-hmm. reconquer designs. Mm-hmm. If you fancy doing a bit of the reconquista, yes, with your three D prints, you children. <laughs> Shiny digital thing, <laughs> Medieval's all the rage right now, guys. Medieval is always the rage, Jerry. Yeah. Just, just, just wait. You're going to get food 3D printers soon, and you're going to starve. <laughs> no, I won't. Haven't I already mentioned that people taste a lot like chicken? <laughs> <laughs> There's a whole estate around me. Some, <laughs> some of them are bound to have beautiful marbling based on the size of their asses. Did you win one of our prizes? Find out on our prize claim centre over at ontabletop.com. Here we list all our previous prizes and those who have won. If you see your username, fill out the form to claim your prize. All prizes must be claimed within 30 days. Let's move on and have a look at a couple of Kickstarters then. Oh, yeah. So um, leaving that interesting image behind, uh, we're going to head to the skies of World War II and possibly beyond uh, with a fun little... um, uh, air-based dogfighting game mm. that uh, piqued my interest. I think it was shared on uh, Facebook. Facebook by uh, Book of Faces by JT. I think it was who was sort of showing this thing off because it was one of his buddies. Uh, but this is by Babek. I'm not going to say your surname because I will butcher it and that'll be terrible. 
but this is a, a new um, dogfighting war game set between the eras of 1936 and 1946 right. because it allows you to play out World War II in across a variety of different theatres. So you can go into the Pacific, you can go to the Western theatre, the Eastern theatre, and everything else in between, including fighting over North Africa and the Mediterranean as well. But the extra little added bit to the end, that 1946, um, is because they kind of also thrown into the the, the mix this idea of uh, kind of like a what if. Mm-hmm. So it starts to look at some of the technology and some of the planes and things that were developed towards the tail end of the war um, and sort of plays Jet around with it. And- Stuff yeah. like that. So how's you thinking about what might have happened if the war had continued a little bit further on into uh the the sort of the tail end of the 40s and things like that, which I think is a really nice thing. Um they've approached this from the viewpoint of trying to make it uh, a no mess, mm. quick and easy, fun game for people to dive into that isn't gonna be one of those things that people argue about all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So a lot of a lot of games like this where everything has to be very precise in terms of movement and things of planes and ships and that kind of stuff. Um, it can be a little bit annoying if you're going to be if you're using tape measures and things like that because people are like, oh, that, that was way out of my arc and all that kind of stuff. Well, they've tried to solve that by making hexes. everything work on hexes. Nature hexes are intended. great for this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't have to tell that to Battletech fans, but hexes are great. Mm. Um, and uh, so they've designed it so that it's quick and easy to dive into in that form. Um, there's a couple of di- that combat breaks down very very quickly and easily uh there's a couple of different phases uh there's an initiative phase where your obviously goes first on a turn there's movement phase and there's a combat phase one of the nice things about that combat phase uh where all the action is going to happen is that if you're in the right position with two planes actually facing off against each other mm-hmm. they actually start to shoot each other at the same time so you've got that really nice sort of like cat and mouse thing as you're chasing the planes around the the, the tabletop and shooting them in the back and stuff like that, trying to get into the right positions. But if you are going to like a proper head on thing, then it's kind of dealt with the idea that, you know, well, the planes would definitely be shooting at each other and that kind of Mutually stuff. Mutually assured destruction. Mutually assured yeah. destruction. Yeah. The other thing they've done, as you can see, and you can actually see it in that image there, which is really nice, is that they've tried to make it so that bookkeeping is at a minimum. And so everything is marked on your bases with those little tiny colored markers. So that's kind of added into the mix so there as well, which I think is really nice. Better. Yeah. You can see it a bit I, better. There you go. I am wondering what the interaction with the navy ship that's in there the japanese aircraft carrier uh so i would love to see a game like this where you can have both naval and air units at Mm. sea fighting each other well the the naval ship they designed is at a slightly different scale to the uh the airplanes but there is ground attack elements to the scenarios in air raid Mm. so uh, the 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 main premise of the the core rule book and the core set is the battle over pearl harbor So it's the Japanese bombing Pearl Harbor and the U.S. retaliation to that and, f- and sort of focusing on the Pacific theater. Um, and so there will be scenarios where you could use ships on, on the map and things that you'll be bombing and that kind of thing, which is really nice. But that that's slightly abstracted most of the time in the game, but you could obviously just use the miniatures to mark that kind of thing if you really wanted to. Which I, mean, really I, nice. I do like the look of the the one twenty four hundred scale ships because it kind of makes it look as if you are up seeing them down below yeah, the yeah. aircraft. It kind of yeah. gives you that forced perspective, which is quite a nice touch. That is very cool. That is really nice, yeah. Um, the other thing that they've done to try and make it easy to dive into is that the, the core mechanics are very simple and and they've made it so that there's no kind of like elevation and all that kind of thing uh but you can tie in those advanced mechanics so if you want to have planes that are higher than others and that kind of stuff they've thrown those elements into the game so that if you want to take it to that next step you can and get a little bit more stuck into the detail and stuff um talking of detail um the miniatures uh they were 
tinkering around with the idea of resin for the for the planes, mm. but they realized that they were a little bit more fragile. And because you're going to be using these for game pieces, they wanted to make them as solid as possible. So these are one two hundred metals, which is very nice. I'm oh. surprised they didn't look at seal cast. Yeah, well, well, they didn't want bendy planes. Yeah, fair, fair. <laughs> um, as a few people have pointed out, um, you know, you, you're going to have to paint some markings onto these things. But you know, there's also loads of transfers out there if you want to. Throw oh my god, there's kind of planes. I know at least two companies that just specialize in airplane yeah. transfers yeah <laughs> that's all they do in yeah. every scale um transfers are not difficult to get for these in the grand scheme okay. of things so you know you should be all right in that case yeah. and they're they're very well detailed as well so and because the metal holds that um so when it comes to doing all that fine uh detail work in the linings and stuff like that you should be perfectly fine with a wash or something to get that the pin washes to get i do that like that the the flight stands look hefty enough that they're not yes. just going to be snapping on you the whole time yeah they've definitely made it as a gaming product rather than it just being this look at our pretty planes kind of thing which it I think has really been nice tested thing. against ham fists <laughs> yes <laughs> i know that they said they're getting the the metals are being done by shilling mm -hmm. yeah. i'm fairly certain we looked at i think we did yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah um because they, so, they do a whole host of, of fantastic stuff as well as doing casting for uh, other other people. Yeah. So I'm um, really interested this pans out. Yeah, one, one of the other things that's really good about this, um, well, actually a couple of different things. So, <laughs> there's loads of things that are really nice about this because it's the reason I put it in the show because it looks amazing. Uh, but again, in that vein of trying to make things quick and easy to play, everything is on your uh, fighter plane cards. So all of your stats are there. So there's very little having to reference different things. Everything that you need is just listed on there. So once you've got an idea of what all the stuff means, you can just dive in and have fun with it. And you've got like different details on either side of the card and things like that. Um, the other thing that's good is that um, they're, as I said earlier, they're not just focusing on the Pacific. That's what they're doing at the moment because, you know, it's a fun and interesting idea and, you know, allows you to play around with that. that those cool Japanese fighters and the US ones. Yeah. But they, as you can see, they're doing planes for everything. <laughs> I was looking at yeah. going, why is the French here? Yeah, uh, you know, there's there's French, Soviets, British, Americans, everything else in between. Uh, they're doing a nice thing with the expansion content that comes into the game as well, mm -hmm. where they're throwing in um, uh, some lots of different scenarios. So if you buy in at that core pledge and then you get loads of the stuff from the stretch goals, they that obviously is going to unlock you the ability to get planes and all that kind of stuff, but also scenarios to play alongside them. So you're not just going to get yourself a whole bunch of Spitfires or whatever, and then not be able to play out the Battle of Britain because they'll throw in stuff like that that mm. allows you to do that kind of thing, which I think is a really nice uh, approach to stuff. The other thing that's really cool, uh, and it's something that uh, I know a few people will <laughs> will like, is that if they get a certain amount of backers or that, that want it, they're going to be doing a German language version of this as well, because the core rulebook will be in uh, English throughout, but they're also going to throw some stuff in there for German language speakers. So if they want to play the game, uh, then they're going to have uh, components in order to do that as well, which I think is really nice. And obviously you can see the German-British <laughs> style uh, combination of different things here anyway uh, from the uh, the Kickstarter page, which I, is really I'm nice. almost shocked so. that it's not going to be in dual language from the start. <laughs> or at well, least yeah. just it's straight in German from the start. Yeah. I suppose it's, yeah. it's and then these... the British will have to just deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I would do. Um, then I got the language, Baldadash. Yeah. yeah. 
But yeah, uh, it, but yeah. It, does, it does look fascinating. I like the fact mm. that they've gone with metal figures, yes. uh, which probably oh. has pushed the, uh, you know, actually, as far as a core game goes, 66 quid for, is it 10 templates aside in the metal? 10 templates aside, then you get all the stretch goals and the access to the, up, yes. the, the add-ons as well. Six cardboard, the, paperwork. Yeah. Mm. Can, I can live with that. Mm. Let's, let's call it a fiber. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's a really nice, really nice looking uh, yeah. range that they've got planned out as well. Mm-hmm. So clearly they've they've done a lot of the, the heavy lifting up front. Yes. So. Yeah. It's clearly it's clearly a labor of love and it's yeah. clearly come from people who like really like the idea of World War Two and dog fighting and that kind of thing. So they've they've put the the love and attention into it. Um uh, which is which is always nice to see with the game. Question: yeah. Funded, yay or nine? Yes, it is funded. funded yes. Yeah, yeah. 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 Just into uh, stretch goals now, so mm-hmm. just need other people to hop on board. Yeah, oh, cool. And uh, uh, at the at the time of uh, you seeing this, is going to be about thirteen days left on it. If you want to get involved and uh, have a look at it, but, yeah. plenty plenty of time if you want to take to the skies. I'm wondering mm-hmm. what they'll do if um, seeing the stone fix there. Obviously, there was a game many months ago. You will remember this, Shay. You young and there's a game called Sturmvik, which was aerial combat, but it included things like the late war slash paper jet fighters. So oh, cool. the, the uni winged it was the Gotha, um, and stuff like that. But you could also put them up against biplanes. <laughs> the Gotha couldn't slow down to hit you'd have to take your run up from like miles away wow. and then fire in advance because you would just pass <laughs> a biplane so quickly. And I just that that bit where they're going to forty six, I just I have that in my mind. I just want to see them where you've got jets that are basically just blitzing across the board then having to try yeah. and desperately come around and actually draw a bead on somebody. Because it was just so amusing to watch a little biplane on a bombing run. And the world's most technologically advanced jet fighter couldn't get near it because it was too slow. If you throttle back so much, your jet engines just went off and you crashed. But and then anyway. the guy in the bi- the biplane just throws a brick. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much just walk up there, just drop the bomb out, yeah. the, out the cockpit, and on you go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it has it has great potential just for the standard World War Two dogfighting. Anyway, yeah, it really does. Um, and yeah. then just with that little nudge, just a year further on, uh, mm-hmm. could be really fascinating to see exactly what they do. Yeah. Right, we have one more Kickstarter. Yes. We're all um, legendary. We are. Uh, so Apex Legends, uh, a lot of people will know this as the uh, Battle Royale first-person shooter um, that uh, is on consoles and PC. Uh, and in the, uh, <laughs> the growing trend of turning first-person shooters into board games. Did you know there's a Call of Duty board game coming? That's a topic for another day. Uh, but uh, Apex Legends is being turned into a board game uh, where you'll take on the role of the eponymous and iconic legend, as you can see there, and uh, battle to see who comes out on top uh, in those final moments of a battle royale where the uh, the uh, the kind of barriers are moving in, ready to kill you. Um, yep, yeah, as I say, uh, going to be a basically a, a replaying of the Apex Legends first-person shooter on the tabletop with some very faithful mechanics in there. It'll kind of tie things into the video game for a lot of fans. Uh, it's, it is it is a board game slash card game, but it's also very much a miniatures game, as you can see, because it comes with lots of terrain <laughs> and and all sorts of miniatures and everything else. Um, the, the idea is that it's kind of set around the kind of final moments of a game of Apex Legends 
where you know the last couple of heroes have managed to get into the center of the map where while the walls are closing in and uh, they are diving into the, that last ditch attempt to come out on top uh, before everything goes to pot and you absolutely want to become the legend um You'll be running around the map uh, as your individual and unique legends, uh, looting crates and getting your hands on all sorts of weapons and um, accessories and grenades and everything else in between. Uh, and then it dives into a very quick and brutal uh, sort of um, kind of shootout between you and the other players. Um, the the kind of looting is done through like this random deck of cards, as you can see there. So you'll sort of flip that over and you'll determine what kind of loot you get. And it could be armor, it could be weapons, it could be things to sort of add on to your weapons and everything else in between. Uh, and then actual gameplay and the shooting bit uh, is done based on your individual weapons and your own skill. Um, and then you draw cards from a deck and depending on like your range and stuff, you'll play the cards out into these different areas. And if you kind of get like under your but i think it's it's either under or over your ballistic skill as it were uh you'll then hit your opponent and do a certain amount of damage based on where you are and where you've hit them and, and you can do like headshots and everything else between so there's some really nice mechanics put in there to kind of get across that really dynamic brutal kind of mm -hmm. get up close and personal first person shooter vibe to uh the game uh the video game uh but on the tabletop which i think is a really nice way of approaching it and it's lots of really interesting and um, innovative mechanics in there that I've not really seen in other games before, which is uh, which is good to see. Because yeah. um, I know nothing about the computer game, <laughs> right? Right, yeah. Um, because ones and zeros. Um, <laughs> however, because whenever you start, you're looking at it, you're going, "Well, it's kind of a, a board game miniature shoot 'em up." You're going, "Well, yeah. there are plenty of those about," but the portal movement. That's quite nice, but also so, the fact that the the arena, closes, oh, yeah, the encroachment, yeah, 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 is a really nice. So there's like a danger zone on the outside, which closes in in the battle royale mode, uh, and 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 in other modes as well. But that kind of focuses in on and makes sure that the action gets tighter and tighter and tighter. And that kind of uh, teleportation thing is one of is what one of the characters. I think it's Wraith can do that, so they can vanish from one area through the portals to the other. But it also means that you can use that because it stays there on the map as kind of like a, a generated thing that, that you've created to kind of like get back at your opponents. Like I was watching some uh, gameplay mm -hmm. uh, of this in action and someone went around to go and loot something, but it's where Wraith had left one of her portals. And so they were behind a wall essentially and they thought, well, I'm safe. But then the two characters on the other side just went through the portal and just shot this dude who was like busily trying to like loot. <laughs> Fair enough. A, uh, a loot box I will say I am, I am just happy that it's not Fortnite. Can you imagine the insanity of the free build mechanic being put into a board game? <laughs> Nuts. Uh, basically, they give you a pack of Lego at the same time as the board game. That would be the... <laughs> <laughs> that would... No, thank you, but no. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so obviously the Kickstarter takes things to the next level. Um, so the kind of core game um, just has kind of like your cards out in front of you and all that kind of stuff. But as you can see with this one, they've put in like these really big like player dashboards that are kind of built around the different characters. So you can store all your cards and you can show your conditions and all that kind of stuff as well. Because, you know, Kickstarter goes to the next level, of course. The one um, thing missing from this is a laser line. <laughs> no, just so, so you can actually do like the laser point of that well cool, you yeah. can laser point along the edge of the board to make sure you're in or out because running your eye across yeah that's fine but being able just to go boop and line it up would be a really cool addition that would be cool that would be cool actually let's get one from um, laser fuchs yeah mm -hmm. um there's also a couple of different game modes so there's the traditional battle royale one 
uh, but there's also a team death match. And one of the other things that a lot of people have, have talked about with this is that, oh, you know, the lethality of <laughs> Apex Legends is, is pretty high. Hmm. Um, so what happens, and you can do like respawning and all that kind of things as well if you really want to. Um, they're also talking about putting in different uh, modes of play beyond just those two. So you're going to have solo and cooperative stuff in there, which I think is quite nice. So you can go up against AI opponents if you want to, which I think is really cool, uh, as if you were playing bots in the video game, I suppose. Uh, and of course, the 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 sky is a wonderful, lovely blue in terms of where they could go in terms of adding characters and other legends and everything else into the mix at the same bronze. time. So. Or have there been lots of these? There's lots of legends, legends. yes. Oh, okay, right. okay. <laughs> yeah, although I do have to wonder, do at the start of the game, do I just toss my miniature up in the air where it lands on the board is where it lands on the map? <laughs> that would be cool if you just had to do a drop. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I suppose you could do that. That would God, be kind of fun. any of this. Yeah. But, <laughs> what is this nonsense you're talking about? Yeah, in the game, then. you parachute in, Jerry. Sure. So it looks like everybody's going to be asymmetric then because it, uh, yep. presumably there's all different styles. Yeah, like yeah. This fellow's yeah. got little multiple ones, one the other one's kind of chicken like they always do. Yeah. So each of the characters has different um, uh, abilities. Ability, so yeah. it's got that asymmetrical element to the game, which I think is really nice. Uh, like, as I said, Wraith's got the ability to go through the... Uh, the portals and stuff. There's the guy who can create yeah. holograms of himself that will draw attention from him and that kind of thing as well. There's healers. There's uh, one of the guys can call in like an artillery bombardment on the table. So he marks a spot on the table and there uh, on the on the table uh, in terms of all the squares that you see on the yeah. mat. And then two turns later, a it, big it huge lands. like mortar comes down and blows everything up and stuff. This guy so. ruins your finances by getting you to invest in crypto. Yes, <laughs> uh, Dogecoin. Yeah, he keeps asking you about uh, Bitcoin, yeah, and uh, generating it. Yeah. So there's, uh, it sounds fascinating, even you know, um, from the point of view of somebody who knows nothing about the game. I yeah. like the idea of not just a straight shoot 'em up mm -hmm. um, when it comes to to doing a, a sort of an adaptation like this and having yeah. having obviously asymmetric characters is a a standard thing but having the um the board change size over mm -hmm. time uh, yeah, i also like the, the loot mechanic in there as well because you yeah. can't guarantee what weapons you're gonna get because you could pick someone with your perfect favorite playstyle you love using them and when you open that loot crate you get the crappiest little pistol do you not yeah. start with a gun or weapon no, I think you start with a basic fire like a basic rifle because okay. obviously that would be a bit mean yeah <laughs> uh, but you do have you just really like loot and pick up stuff like I'm, uh, it's one of the guns called like a Bangalore or something like that and it's like a, a shotgun pistol or something there's a character called Bangalore I'm yeah. trying to remember. it's been a long time since I've played Apex Legends mainly because I played it three times got beaten by people who were obviously younger than me mm. and 10 year olds I spend eight hours a day like a job yeah. Working, playing, uh, perfecting the skills, perfecting the Twitch yeah. while high on caffeine. I was like, my fingers don't work fast enough for this. And so I gave up. So, yeah. So core <laughs> pledge, which is three characters, but you get a freebie in there at the moment, he mm. said. And then there's also the expansion is, and stuff like that as well. So. That's a 70 quid buy, and that's, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Also, terrible. I mean, if you're a if war you gamer, everything. If you're a war gamer, that terrain is also yeah. pretty damn nice. Yeah, the, the <laughs> thick cardstock with the, the foldable inserts so you can yeah, sort of yeah, pack yeah. it away is, yeah. is kind of cool. Yeah. Very good and for uh, two twenty two for the all in. Mm -hmm. For a whole that's, boost. That's games. respectable. Yeah. For an all in. 
Yeah. Interesting to see who's doing this. Glass so, cannon unplugged up behind. Right. So, Are we aware of their work? I believe they've done I stuff before, but I can't remember what their last campaign was. <laughs> are they funded? They are indeed Oops. funded, and there are really surprised. Uh, 20 days left on it at this point. So I'm just point curious now. Uh, two created. What was your other one? It was oh, Frostpunk. Frostpunk. There, you, there go. you go. Yeah, I have oh. wanted that one for ages. So there you go. They've got a bit of a pedigree in a previous licensed game as well, which is mm. good. So Interesting yeah. stuff, yeah. Mm-hmm. So at least... At least it's not a somebody who's got the license and has never had the joy of manufacturing before trying mm. to put it all together because pretty renders and and fancy digital animations look great. Yeah, but you know, yeah, the hard the, physical uh, product is what we're here for. When the cleaver yeah. hits the, the bone, I'll have to uh, come back to you guys next week with the Call of Duty so with some of the details on the Call of Duty board game because that has some very interesting oh, so many in memories uh, yeah to start with reminiscing about how Battlefield 1942 was a better game um, no it, it's me reminiscing about breaking the server in our local like, uh, land centre oh wow. dear wow I can cut you to the bathroom all the time right there is 20 days left on Apex Legends yes uh, 13 for Air Raid 36 46 56 question mark 36.46, possibly. If, uh, <laughs> if you want to get in either of those. And uh, we are going to shoot the crow and head on. We'll be back on Sunday morning. If you want to join us for our Cult of Games XLBS over on tabletop.com, where we have a little hobby wetter between ourselves and our cultists. Otherwise, we'll be back again next Friday. <gasps> Jenna's coming so quickly. <laughs> Only what one more weekender before Christmas? Type uh, one weekend more weekender, yeah. Doom. yeah. Yeah. Shocking yeah. stuff. Right. So we'll see you then. Otherwise, have a great week of gaming. Bye-bye. Bye. Go ahead and check out our other content on screen now. And while you're at it, why not hit subscribe and remember to ding our dong. Go on, you know you want to click it. Go on.